Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Strategy Show, awesome.com closing out the year. It's bittersweet. I'm Dave Lochran, first of all, at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. With me again, Matt underscore Gajeski on Twitter. His name is Matt Gajeski. Matt, it's bittersweet because we're finally at the Super Bowl. It's a phenomenal time of year. Monster DFS contest, Millie Makers galore. You know, just huge betting opportunities, enjoying the game, having a great time, maybe winning some money in squares. But it's also the last game of the season, which always, you know, feels a little painful. Yeah, it does. It's nice to go out with a bang. And we have two just fantastic teams here, a really high total game. So we are expected to see some fireworks, which I'm particularly excited for. But you nailed it, man. We put in all this work all fall and here it all comes. It's crazy that we've gotten this far. It really is. And like you said, a 56-point total. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, I don't think, you know, honestly, I was hoping I was hoping for the Packers to be in this. Also, I had bet them to win the Super Bowl, right? But at the same time, I have no problem with this matchup. It is a really, really fun matchup for the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl LV. What number is that? I have no idea. <laughs> is it uh 60 i don't know i don't know my roman numerals man i'm, I'm at a loss here super bowl 55 50 no jordan jordan behind the glass is saying 50 50 it's not super bowl 50 is it do you know jordan knows his roman numerals is it 55 no. ronnie in the chest is 55 yeah 55 Jordan, you liar. Son of a bitch. Super Bowl 55. And uh, yeah, either way, it, it, that matters none. You know, you and I are the type of guys that throughout the season, you hardly know who's where in the standings because all you really care about is from a DFS angle and what these team looks teams look like on paper. Uh, both of these teams absolutely dominant on paper. The Tampa Bay Bucks were one of those squads, Matt, that people looked at and essentially said early on, a lot of people said, Tom Brady's done. Uh, hammer the under on the win total, hammer the under on Tom Brady touchdowns, uh, hammer the under on pretty much everything related to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And here they are in a Super Bowl with not only an electric offense, a ton of top tier weapons, but also a defense that has come on super strong of late. They are a really good football team. And I think that is the reason that they are only three point dogs in the neutral stadium. For sure. And they've gotten healthier towards the end of the year down the stretch. Late in the regular season, they were missing Carlton Davis, a phenomenal corner for them. So they've actually gotten healthier throughout the playoffs. The two weeks off should allow some of their skill players and defensive players to get healthier in return for this game. Levante David was someone who was, was questionable. It looks like the two weeks will be enough to get him out there. So they should be playing basically at full capacity. Looks like they might return Vita Vea, who spent some time on injured reserve this year as well. So they're kind of swinging into things as we get to the Super Bowl. And on the other side of this one, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it looked like there was a chance they'd lose to the Browns and might not even be here with Patrick Mahomes going down. But he is 
fine. As a matter of fact, he said yesterday he's pretty close to 100% and shouldn't be a problem for the Super Bowl. So uh, with that injured toe in the divisional round uh, and then the concussion where he was knocked out cold and wobbled his way into the locker room, he's had some time to recover from this. You have two phenomenal quarterbacks, both of whom have uh, passing props north of 300. And I think, Matt, that, that tells you a lot that – Going into this game, both quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, despite having some pretty decent defenses, uh, have passing yard props north of 308 yards. Yeah, especially the Chiefs. They've grown into basically the pass-heaviest team in the NFL. And then with Tampa just projected to trail here, not by a lot, but still projected to trail, that certainly helps the passing projection here too. And I compared some of the props to what – Awesome what Alex Baker projected, and he also had both quarterbacks projected north of 300 yards. So from just a game environment standpoint, it looks like the passing attacks are going to be humming, making for an exciting game. Yeah, and my fault, 295 and a half for Brady. I, I thought I saw it at 308 earlier, but that I might thought actually, I did too. Right? I, I thought so too. Uh, 295 and a half. But either way, it just monster passing prop totals, a 56-point total, so it's time to get into this one. And just so you guys know, Uh, All throughout the rest of the week, we are going to have content coming up for Super Bowl 55. We got the uh, NFL matchup show tomorrow with Mac uh, Savoka and myself. Friday, we've got the NFL Super Draft Strategy Show and the NFL Betting Show. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Even if you're not big on sports betting throughout the year, uh, tune in for this one because when it comes to the Super Bowl, you want to be prepared. You want to be able to get your the action in. And the last thing you want to do is, you know, be in a position where your DFS lineups uh, look terrible. Maybe someone gets hurt, something awful happens, and now you're just sitting there, and the only thing you have to look forward to is a terrible halftime show. So being able to get action and in-game betting in for the, the duration of the game is the whole reason we do this. Strategy show final look on Saturday, and then Sunday we got a huge three-hour show to bring you all the way up to lock. I'm out of breath, Matt. We're happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you like the show and you want to help us out. But more importantly, you appreciate all the free content that we have here. You ready to dive into this? Let's do it, man. All right. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll go team by team here. And we're going to hit on a lot of props along the way, uh, a lot of betting, talk about where the money's coming in. And we'll use the NFL player prop tool that we have at Awesome It's awesome. Uh, Alex Baker made that himself. And all of our odds and props at oddshopper.awesome.com, which is entirely free. Patrick Mahomes, he is $18,000 in the captain spot, $12,000 in the in the flex spot. He is the highest priced player across the board, and for very good reason. He has a passing prop of 325 and a half, Matt. Um, if you've made some lineups, I dabbled a little bit, seeing what I could work out here. Does Patrick Mahomes in the captain spot fit? And really, how difficult is it to make lineups with so many expensive players in the Super Bowl? I I found it pretty hard to make lineups with Mahomes in the captain and jam in a lot of the other studs. If you're playing Mahomes, obviously you want to stack him with at least one of his premier pass catchers. And once you start doing that, you run into some pretty thin bills. There's a chance we get some value on this slate. We'll have to watch injuries of guys like Antonio Brown, And maybe you're jamming in some cheap running backs, but ultimately with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be the most owned player on the slate and likely the most owned captain as well. I think there is a chance just with his price, you could maybe play him in the utility slot and then captain one of those elite pass catchers and gain some leverage that way, just with Patrick Mahomes being so popular, but fading him. I think that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. It's going to be really tough. Now, as far as Patrick Mahomes goes, you talk, you take a look at some of this, Matt, and, in all seriousness, you're you're expecting these type of numbers from him, but when you have that high of a passing yard prop and you have a uh, passing touchdown prop, I lost it. Where is it? Hold on, let me pull it back up. If you have it, feel free to throw it out there. Um, of T, oh, here we go. Of eight, what, minus one fifty seven on the over for two and a half touchdowns. So, I. These are monster numbers from Patrick Mahomes, which which leads me to the next point. Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill have been two of the best producers all season long. Uh, they are egregiously priced for good reason. And the three highest priced players on this slate in this game, not just from Kansas City, are Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. So 
Uh, if you're playing Mahomes in the captain spot, you need to get one of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in there. If you were to throw Kelsey in there along with Mahomes, you're down to 52.50 per player for your remaining four flex spots. And that's really hard to work with. On the other side, Vegas, our projections, we're all expecting Tampa Bay to throw as well. And there's going to be producers that are a little bit cheaper on that side of the ball. I think taking a more balanced build might actually be contrarian just because people are going to try to jam in your Travis Kelsey's Tyree kills with your Patrick Mahomes. And like you said, that becomes extremely hard to do really fast. Once you start jamming in all three of those players, you're basically punting every other position in your roster, which makes it very thin. Yeah, it makes it really thin. If you're deciding between one of Kelsey or Hill, and obviously a lot of us are going to play enough lineups to where you're not making that decision, but in the event that you are, or even just which one of these guys you like most, do you have a lean given the matchup towards a Kelsey or a Tyree kill that you would assume to have more of? I like Travis Kelsey just being a huge mismatch that he is. He's also been more targeted this season. And, and this isn't by much. We're completely splitting hairs here. But if I had to pick, it is still Travis Kelsey. On the season, he had the 25.3% target share. Tyree killed 232 Air yards slightly favorite Tyreek Hill here, but even in their most recent game, Travis Kelsey, 15 targets to Tyreek Hill's 11. Now, this is just splitting hairs. I love both of these players, but the slight lean towards Travis Kelsey for me. When it comes to Tampa Bay's past defense, right, we know that their run defense is, you know, legitimately as stout as you can get. And we've seen this from, we've seen this pretty much every game of the season. They swallow up opposing run, de- uh, run games hole. Um, is there, and, and if you look at fan, uh, football outsiders, Tampa Bay run defense DVOA is number one, minus 31.4% advantage to the opponent. That is a huge, huge, huge uh, disadvantage. But how about this? Their pass defense, after a dismal season last year, they are fifth in pass defense, Matt. Top five behind only Pittsburgh, Washington, New Orleans, and the Rams on the season. They, they really did improve. A lot of it was the leap Sean Bunting took, second-round pick out of Central Michigan. There was a little bit of a learning curve for him there, but he certainly has lived up to the task. He's had some really high-profile interceptions down the stretch here, too. It's been fantastic to see. And one mismatch that might affect the Chiefs, I'm not sure if this will, pet because Patrick Mahomes is just so good, but the Chiefs are really banged up on their offensive line. They've not lost Eric Fisher, and Mitchell Schwartz looks like he might not play in this game either. So, is Tampa Bay's pass rush able to get after Patrick Mahomes and pressure him a little bit? I think that could favor Travis Kelsey in the intermediate range of the field as well. So this total opened at 57 and a half. It's down to 56. So uh, it looks like it has been bet down a little bit. And if you go to Odd Shopper, uh, you can see where all of the money is coming in at. You can see where the bets are coming in at. You can pretty get a pretty good idea of where the sharp money is coming in at as well. Just click over the name uh, and click C matchup. And right now you've got, wow. So public betting, right? The amount of bets coming in on Kansas City, Matt, 81.3% of bets are coming in on, on uh, this, is, this is nuts. 83, 81.3% of bets are coming in on Kansas City uh, on the money line. 60% of the money is coming in on Tampa Bay. That's a huge discrepancy. Huge. Huge. I'm honestly not that surprised to see it. I think the public is going to be backing Kansas City, and those aren't where most of your you know high-dollar wagers are going to be coming from. So to see these numbers, it, it's a little bit shocking just how drastic it is, but it's kind of the way I would lean. I think the public will continue to back Kansas City throughout the week. D- did you kind of feel the same way about that? I thought the same. I didn't expect it to be such a dramatic disparity, right, in – in public, uh, in the in the amount of bets, uh, percentage of bets, and the money coming in, um, but being able to look at that and saying, "Wow, eighty-one percent of the bets on Kansas City, but sixty percent of the money," it shows you that less bets and way bigger bets, as you pointed out, are coming in on Tampa Bay. Listen, I don't think that's crazy at all. I honestly don't. With the way the Tampa Bay Bucks have been playing, uh, that. I, I still, Matt, you know, let me put it to you this way, right? Not to get off track. It still feels like, even with the Bucks in the Super Bowl, that they're still getting shorted by the public, no matter what. Like, there's nothing they can do for the public to not want to short the Bucks in any situation. At least it feels that way. 
I think you're right about this. You know, I think a lot of it comes down to just the star plays Patrick Mahomes makes. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're the one that get a lot of the publicity. And it's kind of weird to say that about Tom Brady, but at this point, I do think they are getting shorted a little bit in the markets. Let us know in the comments, too, what you guys think. Uh, I read all of the comments after this video post. I read everything in chat as well. Let us know where you're at on this. It's just such a huge difference in money and pub- and bets that I think it gives us a decent read uh, on, on where the sharp money is and where the public is, which makes it an even more interesting game because, um, you know, what's Vegas doing now, Matt? Seeing, seeing this, what are... And they've got it. Like, even though all the bets are coming in on Kansas City, if there's that much money on Tampa, you're pulling for Kansas City to win this one. But um, talk to me about some of the um, talk to me about some of the the secondary and tertiary options for Kansas City because I know it's the Super Bowl, and I know you're going to look to get your star players involved. They're the ones that got you there, and they're the ones that can get you to the finish line. But if we're building good lineups. We're going to have to make some adjustments and roster some cheaper players, whether we love them or not. So I'm ready for you to tell me that Sammy Watkins, if he plays, is going to be in your lineups. How many times have I told you that? Uh, too many. I think this this is a beautiful slate for DFS purposes because we have so many ancillary options in play for Kansas City. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding them, but at least there won't be as many duplicated lineups, which is important when we have things like a Millie Maker for the Super Bowl. But basically, how it breaks down, Demarcus Robinson got placed on COVID. He still has a chance to play in this game because it was a close contact. So all he has to do is test negative. There's Sammy Watkins potentially returning from his injury. By all accounts, he is expected to play in this game. And Sammy Watkins was basically an every down receiver prior to his injury late in the season. We also have a player like Michael Hardman had a great conference championship game, but he actually played on less snaps and ran fewer routes than someone like Byron Pringle who actually played 52 snaps in that conference championship. He ran 32 routes as well, which wasn't too far behind the likes of Tyreek Hill. Really interesting to see Byron Pringle pop up for that large of a role, not something I particularly expected. And he's now received five and three targets in back-to-back games for the Chiefs. So it looks like he is playing a legitimate role. So behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there's four or five names that could potentially be in play here. Who would you say your top options are outside of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? I will go back to Sammy Watkins. He's been hurt multiple times this year. And every time Sammy Watkins has come back from the injury, he's gone right back into that every down role, playing over me, Cole Hardman, over Demarcus Robinson. And Byron Pringle, his role is new, but I still think Sammy Watkins would play over him as well. The run game gets a little bit interesting because, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was out for a while. He returns in that meeting against Buffalo where you know, the poor Bills, man, they were so outmatched. You and I haven't talked about this at all, but you go into that game thinking it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be awesome. From the starting gun, they were as outmatched as you could ever possibly imagine. And, and maybe maybe you had the right read on it. I still had Kansas City winning, but I thought that game would be competitive. And I thought Josh Allen would keep up, but they they got to him way more than he was comfortable with. They didn't let him run wild. And that Kansas City defense showed that when they need to show up, they can. Uh, but nevertheless, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had six attempts for seven yards in that game. Six attempts for seven yards. Daryl Williams had 13 for 52 and a touchdown. Break this one down for me, going into it between the rookie and Daryl Williams. I think with how much they were winning by, and that, that game got a little closer towards the end, but Kansas City was still never really in doubt as far as winning the game goes. I didn't think they had to necessarily use Clyde Edwards-Slayer in an elevated role, and he was very questionable going into that game. They were still calling him game-time decision, and people expected him to play, but you still heard those words being floated around. That indicates to me that Edwards-Slayer was still not at 100%, and then given how the game played out, I don't think they really wanted to get him extra work so they could use someone like Daryl Williams in an elevated capacity. If we break down the snap counts, Clyde Edwards Lair still played on 32 snaps compared to Daryl Williams 30. So maybe it was a little more of a 50-50 timeshare than the carries and the touches indicate. But I do think that is probably the role moving forward. You mentioned it. Daryl Williams just outperformed Clyde Edwards Lair. Maybe that's because of injury. Maybe it's efficiency, but it happened and it can't be ignored. I got to tell you, Matt, I'm, I'm of the belief right now that even in the Super Bowl, even as Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets healthy, I I think you're going to see a timeshare. Maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
uh, is on the, the, the bigger end of that timeshare. But I have a tough time believing that we come in and see, you know, Daryl Williams phased out and, and Clyde Edwards Alaire getting the bulk of the opportunities. It's like you said, he did the, the snaps were pretty close. He probably wasn't at a hundred percent. And and that's not lost on me. I totally understand that. But I, I do think we're we're in a situation right now where Andy Reid, uh, first of all, he has never liked to use his rookie running backs in bell cow roles unless die unless necessary. Like Kareem Hunt, he did because Spencer Ware, who was supposed to be the starter, went down in the preseason and didn't play a single snap that year. If I had to guess, uh, I think that it's going to be tough to guess where the volume goes. And then that's compounded by the fact that you have an an absolutely brutal matchup on the ground. So do you look to any of these guys and say, I think he gets more pass catching opportunities because that's the only way he's going to pay off his salary? Or do you just not want anyone from this ground game? I think you can certainly target players in the ground game. One, because they'll be contrarian. And two, they have an enormous implied team total. So it's the tougher matchup, yes. That's factored into price. And in this spot, we've actually seen Darrell Williams have a pretty decent role in the pass game. In their last two games, he's fielded four and one target. So not an enormous role. But again, they were very much up in that game and didn't need to use him in that capacity. So like you said, I do think this is a timeshare. I don't think it's a clear split. You know, Darrell Williams in the run gate, Edwards Hilaire in the pass game. I think they will use both backs in some form or another in both realms of the game. And to your point, they kind of tipped their hat earlier this season, how they feel about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They gave him an every down workload. He was inefficient to start the year. They bring in Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to be the answer. And then they move to Darrell Williams, who's been the most efficient back arguably for them all season. I think he's still involved. Oh, and by the way, I talked to Alex because in our prop tool, you have uh, a couple different numbers there. It was a 295 and the 308. I'm just looking at it now. He was saying those are just different books that are offering him. So some books are offering 308, apparently, on Tom Brady, and some are offering 295. Man, that is, that's a huge discrepancy. Make sure you're shopping those books, and Odd Shopper is a great tool to use to find the best price. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to pull that up, but uh, before we do, do you have anything else on the Chiefs? I I guess we could talk kicker and defense. I'm not really too interested in them. I don't think there's any other backs that really function in outside of Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but Byron Pringle really has my intrigue right now after running 32 routes, seeing five targets, and playing on 52 snaps in the conference championship. Did you see that role change coming for him? I thought it was certainly going to be Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson splitting time, but Me too. Byron Pringle, he played a lot. Yeah. Uh, the only time we'd seen that before is when they were dealing with a lot of injuries. And I just assumed that maybe he'd get a couple snaps uh, and, and maybe a target or two, run a few routes. I didn't think that, you know, Demarcus Robinson would be completely phased out of the offense, which was certainly the case. He's seen what uh, did, was he, did he play in week 20? Did he even play? Uh, let me pull it up right now. The snap. He didn't counts. have a single target. I know that. Yeah. So Robinson, he did play. He actually, he was out there a lot. He just didn't see any targets. He yeah. was out there for 42 snaps and he ran 30 routes. Yeah. Completely uninvolved. And Miko Hardman scored, but he had two tar- two receptions for four yards. So uh, I, I think the thing that sucks the most, for me when it comes to Miko Hardman is this was one of those guys that I think earlier in the year, we said, Hey, we like him as a dirt cheap option, particularly in showdowns because he can break off one of those long 40, 50 yard touchdowns, but we haven't seen any of that lately. And that worries me. He did have a 42 yard reception against Cleveland, but it's been a long time since he's had anything noteworthy in terms of long receptions for touchdowns. He's just a gadget player for them. It's all he's been. And a lot of people expected the role to expand this year, myself included, and it just hasn't. They're still willing to use Demarcus Robinson over him. At this point, Byron Pringle appears to potentially have moved over him as well. It's just not there for Mecole Hardman, at least in an every down role. Now, the first half of the season, though, listen, each of these games, listen to this long reception, 32, 30, 38, 37, 10, 49, 22. Those are some, some big plays he was making, and they're just not there. So, uh, it's tough, man. And I'd say if when we move to the to the Tampa Bay side of the ball, I found these. The prop for, for Tom Brady, 295 and a half on DraftKings. William Hill's at 306 and a half. That's an 11-yard discrepancy. 
if you have a lean, whether it's on the over or under for Tom Brady, shop around at Odd Shopper. All of the books are right there. You can see all of the lines. Uh, you can see the best bet, the worst bet, depending on what you're looking to get to. We can start it off with him, Matt. Uh, 306 and a half at William Hill passing prop for Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, he's, as far as negative game script, he should be right around there, I think. I would rather take the over if you can get it below 300, but that's definitely where I'm siding on that side of the bet right now. Is it a negative game script, though? Like, I, I get that they're three-point dogs. They're field goal dogs. But like, should we be projecting for a negative game script for Tom Brady? Like you mentioned, I don't think it's going to be significantly negative. It's probably more neutral than anything else. But it appears they'll be trailing slightly just based on, you know, the Vegas odds. But like you mentioned, they're not going to get blown out of this game. I'd, I would personally bet money on that. Yeah, I'd be shocked. Chris Godwin, the highest-priced receiver, highest-priced non-Brady player for Tampa, Mike Evans coming into this game uh, with a Q tag, but uh, I don't see any way he's not active and 100%. Maybe he's not at 100%, but he's going to play. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And then Antonio Brown, also questionable. He's getting close, according to... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bruce Arian, but he was a legitimate, that was a legitimate injury, inactive, for the championship game. Do you think Antonio Brown plays? Like you said, they did not hesitate to rule him out ahead of time in their last game. Like no questions asked, didn't practice, just straight up out. He seems to be the legitimate question mark here in this offense. It's the Super Bowl. I don't know if Antonio Brown's ever going to play for one again. I'd be surprised if he didn't really try his best to give it a go, to be honest with you. And he's a player that is heavily involved. So he's someone we definitely need to monitor. He is. So, Receiving yard props for Chris Godwin. You've got 74 and a half for Godwin. For uh and or for Mike Evans, 64 and a half. You can find some 63 and a halves. And Antonio Brown, they've got props out there, right? They, they they've got props. So 43 and a half, 42 and a half, 42 and a half for Antonio Brown. Who do you like most here for Tampa Bay, given their projection, but also given their salaries? Honestly, the, in the prop market, I like Antonio Brown because the numbers low, and I do think they throw a bit more than average. In DFS, it's hard to get away from Chris Godwin right now. He's the healthiest. He has the best target share. He's received at least seven targets in all three of the playoff games with nine and 12 leading the way in his two most targeted games, and he's just been the best player for them. I think you can make the argument that Mike Evans is still a little banged up, and we're still seeing evidence of that on the field. So give me Godwin in this matchup. Where would you say Kansas City's biggest weakness is defensively? Honestly, it's probably the run game, and this doesn't really bode well for that in this particular spot. But one player I was really watching the status of was Legereus Sneed. He's a rookie corner for them. He cleared concussion protocol, so he should be back in this game. Their secondary is very strong. Yeah, it is, and it's only improved throughout the year. I think um, they had a couple games actually towards the end of the season that they struggled a bit, but overall – uh, I, I think the, the it's just interesting because both teams have very good defenses, but both of them have monster point totals. Uh, the overrun is huge. 29.5 implied total for Kansas City, 26.5 for Tampa Bay, uh, which I think, Matt, might be one of the reasons why we've seen the total come down a little bit from 57.5 to 56 because something has to give here. Good offenses, really good defenses. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see this game go under, but I don't feel comfortable on either side, to be honest. Uh, what about what about uh, Mike Evans, just with the touchdown equity that we've seen in this guy? It feels like every time they get into the red zone, Tom Brady looks his way almost immediately. He finished with 15 receiving touchdowns this season. Yeah, that certainly can't be ignored. And his size is just enormous. He's going to have an advantage on basically every defensive back he faces. And luckily for Mike Evans, I was really happy to see him get eight targets in their last game, at least pointing to some semblance of him returning closer to full health, at least. 
I'm hoping with the two weeks off, he can be a little closer to the normal Mike Evans we saw lead the team in targets throughout the year. So Cameron Brait, I guess, is worth talking about here, uh, especially given that you know, he's getting a, a little bit of love here uh, if, as far as props go. Minus 15 over uh, on the over for 30 and a half receiving yards. Cameron Brait kind of came out of nowhere once again in this postseason, reemerging with uh amazingly five plus targets in all three games matt he also found the end zone in week 20 or the championship round against the green bay packers meanwhile while he saw a a total of 16 targets over his last three games you've got rob gronkowski in those three starts that had one five and one target with zero touchdowns respectively how does this shake out going into the super bowl because gronk in the flex is $3,000. Brate is $4,800 on DraftKings. I think this has swung a little bit too far in the direction of Brate. Even in their most recent game, Brate played 23 snaps, ran 17 routes. Gronk, he's been blocking a lot. He played on 57 snaps, but he ran 23 routes. So that was just six more routes than Cameron Brate. One thing to watch here indirectly, the status of Antonio Brown does affect how much 12 personnel they're using on the field. With Antonio Brown off the field, we did see elevated two tight end sets, and they'll use two tight end sets on occasion. But if Antonio Brown is back in close to his full every down role, I think there's a chance we see Brait snaps come down and Gronk remain more or less consistent. Want to talk running backs? Let's do it, man. So Leonard Fournette, and uh, obviously referencing a lot of props here today because, well, one, it's a lot of fun. Uh, especially given that it's the Super Bowl and you're just going to get props on everything. Uh, and two, because it, it helps us when it comes from, from a DFS standpoint, it gives us a good idea of what we're looking at and what projections could be like. Uh, NFL player props tool on awesome.com also gives us a pretty good idea of whether or not it's a good bet because Alex Baker gives the prop line. And I, I asked him, I was like, why are there two different ones? He said they have you know the highest one and the lowest one for each, Matt. Uh, and then his projection. So, for example, Travis Kelsey uh, has a, where are we at? You can look at the prop line for what we haven't projected for in receiving yards and what the actual prop is and get a good idea of what the value looks like on those props. So uh, I'm all about that. Leonard Fournette, you could get him at 23 and a half or 27 and a half. That's the highest. We have him projected at 2209 Uh, which is way lower than that highest prop. If you're hammering the under on that one, it seems like a good bet. He has been the primary pass catching back though. And he's been getting a lot of targets in the passing game. Does that continue in the Super Bowl? I think it will. He's played in this capacity, not just in Tampa Bay either, but he functioned as the main pass catching back in Jacksonville too. It's a role he's played now for basically two seasons. And in Tampa Bay, They haven't really shown the willingness to give Ronald Jones a lot of targets throughout his tenure as the running back there. And lately, this has swung even further in Leonard Fournette's direction. In Ronald Jones' last two games, he has just one target. Leonard Fournette, meanwhile, had target counts of seven and six. So I very much think this is a case where we could continue seeing Leonard Fournette as the primary pass catching back. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, too. I'm a big Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones guy. He burned me the other week. And there are plenty of people watching our shows that uh, wouldn't let me hear the end of that. Fair enough. It comes with the territory, Matt. But just so you know, when I say I like a player and I'm willing to take a shot, of course, as a tournament option, he was low-owned on a two-game slate. Uh, he out-touched Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette on the ground. He had 10 carries. He just did absolutely nothing with them against an inferior run defense for Green Bay and was not targeted a single time. So uh, when I'm looking at the last two weeks of which he was active along with Fournette and you look at the routes run uh, for both of these guys, it's just no contest. 47 for Fournette and one for Ronald Jones. He's, as you pointed out, completely phased out of the passing game. Yeah, it, it makes Ronald Jones tough to target in this particular spot. If you think there's going to be negative game script, With that said, Ronald Jones is really cheap, and I think he does play some sort of role here on the ground. Again, we did see him with 10 attempts and 13 attempts in his last two games, so it's not that he's completely uninvolved here. He will be mixing into this backfield. It's just primarily going to come on rundowns. So we're going to need a touchdown from Ronald Jones almost certainly, right? 
I think so, yeah. Me too. And I'm okay with that because he does get some goal line work. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid of that. But I think we're definitely going to need Ronald Jones to get into the end zone to get where we need to go. Uh, who do you like more given their salaries? Because Jones is $2,200, Fournette is 78 Matt, I'm going back to the well. It feels sick, but $2,200 Ronald Jones, I have to, I have to get some of them. I prefer Ronald Jones at that price too. With Leonard Fournette, he's very close in price to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. My preferred strategy is just going to be finding the extra salary to get up to one of those two players. And then we need punt plays. Ronald Jones firmly fits into that punt territory. And you want to play Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, Evans, Godwin, Brady. You're going to need to punt somewhere. And Ronald Jones has entered that territory. Ronald Jones, get this, get this. Ronald Jones has the highest rushing attempts prop of any running back on this or in this game. It's only eight and a half. It's just minus one, one twelve on the over. But that's the highest of any player on either team, Matt. But, but, but among Jones, Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Leonard Fournette. Sure, am I reaching? Very likely the case. But if I told you, hey, the guy that is the most likely to see the most carries, not receptions, but carries, is basically as cheap as you can possibly get. I think there's a good argument to be made there for sure. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Leonard Fournette. Wow, missed that. Leonard Fournette's at 11 and a half, which is strange because he saw less than Ronald Jones, but he still has more than Williams and Edward Solaire. So my apologies. Um, anything else for Tampa? I think if Antonio Brown misses this game, we could talk about Scotty Miller. We could talk about Tyler Johnson, but really the only way those two come into play for me is if Antonio Brown misses time. Scotty Miller, obviously, he scored the the big touchdown, and he played more than Tyler Johnson, too. But it, there was a few snaps where Tyler Johnson did get on the field, just comparing these two. Scotty Miller played 27 snaps, ran 20 routes. Tyler Johnson, 19 snaps, 12 routes. You're getting the discount on Johnson. He's maybe another potential value play, all contingent on Antonio Brown missing the game. So, Matt. How do you start building your lineup for the Super Bowl? It's still very early. We're going to have shows coming up galore throughout the rest of the week. Who do you plug into your captain spot? You're building a single entry team, large field single entry. There's going to be plenty of these or a three max. Where do we begin? I think you take one of the Kansas City pass catchers. Give yourself a little bit of leverage off the Mahomes in the captain slot, and you're still accessing that immense team total. Okay. Oh, God, let's make a lineup. What do you say we make a lineup here? Close out the show. It's just like old times. Just like old times for the showdown show. We just don't have AB with us. Um, You go first, Cap. Jordan, can we get that up on the screen? Great, perfect. My man, Jordan Klein, behind the scenes, putting in some work here. Uh, it's not going to be easy to make this lineup, is it? I don't think so. There's too many studs. All right. Go ahead and plug in the captain. Let's go Tyreek Hill. I like it. All right, Tyreek Hill in the captain spot. You are paying 10-4 for Tyreek Hill. Or I'm sorry, no, that's in the flex. In the captain spot, Tyreek Hill is 15-6. Wonderful. I'll go... Fuck. It's, like if, I'm going to one, if I go to Mahomes here, we're just... We're know, going Ronald Jones after. We have to. We're going to have to. You guys can crucify me for it throughout the week when Ronald Jones sucks, but at least he's 2,200. I'm going to go Mahomes. If we're playing with Tyreek Hill in the captain spot, I have to have Patrick Mahomes. Agreed. And I think Ronald Jones gives us good value, so I think we put him in. I agree. That goes from giving us 5,600 remaining per player to 6,700. That's a huge boost in salary. Yeah, now we're cooking. Is there anyone you like outside of this? I do. I think $8,800 Godwin is just a must plug in here in the flags. I agree. I love Godwin. All right. So we've got Hill and the captain, Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones, Chris Godwin, $5,700 per player remaining, 11400 overall remaining. I think if we're taking a balanced approach, we could look at somebody like Darrell Williams, who's actually cheaper than a Meikle Harbin in the situation. I think Darrell Williams sees more opportunities. Okay. So this we will not be having Tom Brady here, um, but it does give us $6,200 for Antonio Brown. The only thing that sucks is that now we have two wide receivers for Tampa Bay without Brady, one wide receiver, and a running back for Kansas City with Mahomes. 
Yeah, if this were a smaller field contest, I think we could get away with not having Brady and then just take the best player in Antonio Brown. If we were throwing this in something like the Millie Maker, I would rather leave the salary on the board and play someone like Cameron Brait or Sammy Watkins just a little bit cheaper. So that way we're not leaving too much salary on the board, but we're still contrarian. And with someone like Sammy Watkins, then we just have another pass catcher stacked with Mahomes. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. It disgusts me and I figured you would go there. But you could do Pringle. I, but no, but I do understand. I do understand this. And leaving that $2,000 is going to uh, probably keep us from getting duped too much because Hill, Mahomes, I personally think Ronald Jones is going to actually be pretty popular at this price. I think so too because he's so cheap. The alternatives down there are Byron Pringle, I mean, like Gronkowski, some pretty gross alternatives, if you ask me. Yeah. If I was going to make any adjustments there, I would go to Pringle, but that leaves us with one player from Tampa Bay, and that makes me really uncomfortable in a game where they have a 26.5 point implied total. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think taking a more balanced approach is a good idea. All right. Well, the whole Watkins thing scares me, but it's the, it's the Super Bowl. Dude, you're, you're Ronald Jones, and for me, it's Sammy Watkins. Exactly. Sammy Watkins is the guy I always take flack for. Exactly. Yep. Although you picked Ronald Jones for this lineup, not me. <laughs> that, so you can give it all to me this week. Yeah. Don't give it to Lafayette. I made these decisions. Trust me, I'll be taking heat for Ronald Jones for a long time. Understandably so. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones, Chris Godwin, Daryl Williams, Sammy Watkins. So while this might not be a lineup I end up playing, we're just plugging and playing right now and messing around with it. I think, Matt, we actually can make some pretty nice lineups because DraftKings has priced a couple of these guys cheap enough to where it allows us to make these plugins. I was wondering, though, like what happens if you go Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes? Can you make even a decent lineup doing that? Let's, let's try it. Let's put Hill in the captain spot with Mahomes and Kelsey – Gives you $3,800 per the last three players. So we probably have to go to Pringle and Ronald Jones, both in this case, wouldn't you think? I don't see the alternatives. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking to see some really cheap options. There's nothing. You know, Darwin Thompson's not going to be on the field. Um, Can I interest you in some Jaden Mickens? He played in one snap. I'm impressed that you actually knew that, though. (laughs) (laughs) um man you know me i love i love football on the margins man all of these players that just get one snap that's that's my territory i know all right jones and pringle how many snaps did pringle play last game 52 or something 57 i think let me pull it up it's right here byron pringle played 52 snaps so it gives us 7400 to where you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I don't want to go there. We already have four Kansas City Chiefs. It, We're it back to like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is the guy. Yeah. I was wondering if there was any way to get to Evans instead, but you can't really do that unless you want a captain spot Byron Pringle. But uh, I'm not in the business of, of being an entire lunatic. So I, I think just two lineups right there make a little bit of sense, and you can mess around with them. But it's not as bad as I thought when we started this show. No, it's not at all. If you wanted to get to Evans, you could play someone like Tyler Johnson. If if we get news that Antonio Brown is out, and that would leave you no salary left over, but that is not something I'm doing if Brown plays. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Jacob, I saw that just a minute ago. Thank you for reminding me. Ian Rappaport reporting that Antonio Brown expected to be limited uh, in practice. I think he plays, Matt. I think you made a good point in that he plays. The question will then be, what capacity does he play on Sunday? And that's one I think we'll just have to wait for for Shefty. Give us some inside information. Right now on Wednesday, if he's limited right now, I think that's a really good sign that he'll be all systems go. But we'll have to wait and see. What if Ian Rappaport reports that he's going to be limited, but he's going to play based on his season-long track record? Man, I, I can't comment on Ian Rappaport. I have too many, <laughs> have too many mean things to say. Favorite player from each side of this game right now? Just from DFS? Yeah. Yeah, I like Tyreek Hill a lot in this in this game. It's hard for me to get away from Travis Kelsey. I mentioned him at the beginning of the show having a slight lean there. If Tyreek Hill comes in in any sort of under-owned capacity, I'm going to make that pivot right away. It's really hard to just get away from those two in the captain slot. And on Tampa Bay, if you're taking a contrarian approach, 
Godwin gives you quite a bit of leverage still for being the number one pass catcher there. So it's Godwin and then it's the two chief studs. If you're taking a contrarian approach, I'll always say Sammy Watkins. All right, let's have some fun, Matt, over at oddshopper.awesomeo.com. Free. Use it to track your bets. Use it to get alerts when bets go the direction you want before you want to hit them. Uh, Use it to shop all of them, to search a player's name, pull up all of his props, all of that great stuff. Um, let's, 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 Let's pick a favorite prop. For for the day, I don't know if you've looked into this too much, but I think we can have some fun with it. And if you guys have any that you love, throw them out there. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to mention them if we're if we're still on any good props that you guys are seeing. Do you do you have anything right now that you feel good about? I like the Mike Evans prop. It feels a little low to me. It's it's sitting in the mid sixties, depending on where you're getting your action. I'm seeing sixty three and a half, sixty four and a half. I think it should be a little closer to where we have Godwin coming in in the mid seventies. I think with a healthy Evans this prop likely converges and we see both of them right around 70 yards. So I think it's just a little bit cheap on a Mike Evans who's been limited a little bit because of injury. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to go, let's just assume that Antonio Brown is playing at full capacity. It's it's so tough because I want to go over three and a half receptions, but I honestly think that just hitting the over on Chris Godwin, five and a half receptions in a game where they're going to be forced to throw the football quite a bit. At least we would assume that to be the case. Uh, I, I like that. And I know he has not done that yet in the, in the playoffs, but Matt, they've had a pretty good lead like over Washington. There was no desperation mode. There was no desperation mode against new Orleans. The, the saints could not move the football. And even against green Bay, while Aaron Rodgers you know, ended up making having some late game heroics. The 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 Tampa Bay Bucks had a pretty big stranglehold on that game for the mo- for most of it. So if I'm going up against a team that has a fifty or twenty nine and a half point total, easily the highest of any team they faced in the postseason, three point dogs, fifty six point total. You have to think that Chris Godwin uh, is locked into another really key role. And if you're telling me that he's averaging um, nine targets per game in the postseason. I think Chris Godwin could give you an easy seven, eight, six, seven reception game here uh, in one where they're going to need to throw. Yeah, they use him all over the field. He's their primary slot receiver, so he draws advantageous matchups in that realm as well. The target share has just gone out of control recently, which is great for Godwin. I like that call a lot. And my favorite one, I've got to go over 295 and a half passing yards for Tom Brady. He's just in every opportunity he's had, and you mentioned Kansas City has a very good pass defense, understandably so, but Tom Brady all season long has been putting up surprisingly high passing yard totals. Um, he has 5,493 passing yards through the 19 games that he's played. Um, he's averaging 290 yards on the year. Going to have to throw. Uh, if some books are throwing it out there at 305, 306, and I can get it at 295 and a half, I'm jumping on that for sure. You got anything else? Any other fun ones before we head out? Oh, yeah. The the most fun prop bet of all is Tom Brady, one half rushing yard. I saw that. I was going to bring a half up. a rushing yard. I was going to mention that too. Oh, I, as far as just fun props go, I think that's one you just you play really light. You throw some money in the over. It's plus money. And you hope you see a Tom Brady scrambler QB sneak. It's entirely just a fun bet. But when I saw that, I literally laughed out loud. I know. So did I. Uh, And by the way, our projection has Brady at 308.64 passing yards. So our prop tool says hit that over. Matt, what's going to happen, though, is Brady's going to rush it. uh, He's going to one yard QB sneak for a touchdown. And then they're going to be up with less than a minute left. And he's going to kneel twice. I actually, I've looked at this. He has negative rushing yards in seven games this year, positive rushing yards in five. Okay. So, I mean, it seems that you're absolutely correct. He's kneeling down a lot at the end of games. He is. And you never know. This could be a kneel down situation. Who knows? Let me see if we have anything in chat and then we'll get out of here, Matt, because we've been on for a while. Um, uh, All right. I don't see anything. I thought I saw a couple. I was going to make sure to throw them out there, but we don't. Any final thoughts, Matt, before we close this one out? I think we hit on everything. The biggest key is Antonio Brown's status, obviously. 
And it, it not only affects him, but it affects Cameron Braid and some other players in an indirect fashion, basically how much they're playing 12 personnel. But overall, man, I'm really excited for the game. I can't wait to play some of these props. The Brady one is not going to be a serious one. It's just going to be hoping we see like a naked Tom Brady boot, which we won't. And otherwise, everything else, I'm just really excited for an exciting game with an immense total. Well, you know, we wouldn't be doing this show right if I didn't ask you. Uh, give me your team to win this uh, and, well, to cover, and give me the total. What do you got over, under, and, and which side are you taking in the, between the Chiefs and Bucks? I'm going to take the Chiefs. I like them against the spread. There's not really much room for error there, but I do like the under in this spot, as you mentioned. It seems that there's a lot of money coming in just on the over and the predictably public sides of this game. All right, I'm going under. I'm I'm taking the Bucks outright, Matt. Bucks money line. Let's go. Yep. Bucks outright. And when I saw the money, the amount of money that was coming in on the Bucks on our on our game matchups tool, it just made me feel uh, even better about it. This line moved from three and a half down to three, sitting on that key number. Uh, I would say it's going to be really close. I don't see any blowout happening one way or the other. But I didn't think anyone was beating Matt Rogers or Aaron Rodgers, Matt. I really didn't. But the way he was playing, I didn't think anyone was beating him. It's not as much Brady as this Tampa defense right now that is flying around and looking so much better than they have in a very long time. I think they can win this game. Either way, it's going to be a ton of fun. And we'll be talking about it throughout the rest of the week, all culminating in a monster three-hour Sunday live before lock show right here at youtube.com slash awesome. Thanks as always for hanging out guys. Leave a comment after the show, hit subscribe and that notification bell. Of course, the thumbs up as well. Follow Mac underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafayette underscore D. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the NFL strategy show. 